Hey hurdlers, welcome back to another hurdle moment from Hurdle, a podcast that talks to everyone from entrepreneurs to top CEOs and athletes about how they've gotten through tough times, hurdles of sorts, by leaning into wellness. This week for hurdle moment, we are back to that regularly scheduled as promised running content. I know we've got a lot of fall marathoners listening to the pod. Before we get to it and I bring on my extra special guest, a quick shout out to Hurdle Moment's sponsor this week, Wolico. You guys have heard me chat about Wolico before and if you have yet to check out their Wolico Wednesday and you are living in New York, you have got to do it. It's a workout that they put together that hosts more than 150 people first thing on Wednesday mornings and trust me, it is the best way to start the day. For more information on that, feel free to click into the episode description where you can get all the details and sign up to stay in the know. So today I'm gonna be talking about how to gear up for a marathon, talking about marathon race day with the one, the only vice president of fitness programming at Peloton, 26 time marathoner, author of Shut Up and Run, (laughs) Miss Robin Arzon. Dang, thanks. What an intro. (laughs) I'm a hype man, you. Yeah, you're you're pretty, you're getting pretty good at those intros, queen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been a long time since you sat down with me for episode 28 of the podcast, November 19th. 2018. That was right after New York. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's been been a minute. Yes. Happy to have you back in the studio. Likewise. I'm happy to be here. So today we're talking about race day for marathoners. Obviously, some of the things that we chat about, they'll be applicable to racers of all types. But we're chatting marathons because it's fall marathon season. There's Berlin on deck this weekend. We've got Chicago in two weeks, New York two weeks or three weeks after that. I mean, it's an exciting time. It really is. And it's the culmination of months of just slogging it out like (laughs) there's so many footsteps I know and I mean I'm sure as a 26 time marathoner I mean this is a conversation like what do I need to do for this one day that you have had so many times with yourself and then of course with your audience at Peloton and beyond yeah well I mean I would think the first thing I like to remind myself is trust the training it's really natural during the taper to start to try to like fill in gaps and holes and do more when it's like you just have to focus on what you can control at that point and you can't rewind the tape, you can't rewind the time. So, you know, definitely like attend to injuries, go to PT, like do the things that you have been doing, but also be a little bit less harsh. Like we really get in our own heads the few weeks before race day, especially because it becomes palpably real. So I always tell folks, trust the training, focus on what you can control, and then start to figure out, like, if your mind is running, (laughs) no pun intended, if your mind (laughs) is kind of going, you know, at all cylinders, start to unpack things like race day logistics, like your gear, where's your cheer squad going to be, like specific corner of X route. Start to look at the route. If that doesn't provide relief and it makes you more anxious, do the stuff that you've been postponing, like go to coffee with a friend, go to the movies, read the book, binge something on Netflix. Like it's okay to do that. I love it. And that's a great piece of advice to kick us off. You guys know the drill. If you have, you guys know the drill. If you are racing, if you are nervous, if you have feedback, feel free to reach out to me. It's Emily at hurdle.us, also over on Instagram at Emily Body and at hurdle podcast. Robin, after they listen to all of your words of wisdom, where do they find you on social media? 
I am at RobinNYC, R-O-B-I-N-N-Y-C, RobinArzon.com. And of course, I am on Peloton every day. Every day. All right. With that, let's get to hurdling. Okay, so it's race day. We, it has arrived. Okay, so the first thing, the golden rule. I know you're gonna. I yeah, know you're gonna answer course. this question right. Of course. The golden rule of race day, Robin. What is it? Nothing new on race day. Not even rehearsed. Just so on point. <laughs> I would say that's that's number, number one, one most sure. important. For so sure. talk to me about why that's so important. You don't want to be putting anything on your body or ingesting anything that you haven't rehearsed. You want to think of all the training as multiple dress rehearsals for the big show. And something as small as a seam that you may not have ever considered would annoy you could literally dismantle a race. And I don't mean to be overly dramatic, but 26.2 is a long time to be out there, even for the fastest runners in the world. So why would you insert a variable that you're unsure about? Um, that even the race shirt, even the f- cute stuff that the charity is giving you, like if you haven't done in a, a run in it or multiple runs, it's it's off the table. The totally. Cool, the cool stuff at the expo, like stop buying crap you don't need. Like seriously, like just try, like know what you've done in those 20 milers, 18 milers and stick with that. It's totally true, especially like the misplaced seam. I have a pair of leggings that I've worn so many times. I love them. I got a new one. I didn't. A lot of people have varying feelings on this, but washing before you wear, I'm like, eh, I can wear it. Then I can wash it. Whatever. Everyone's different. (laughs) I wore the brand new ones last week and I was like, it didn't go well. So in my head, I'm like, wow, okay, I'm glad I wore them now. I'm glad we got over this hurdle and now I can put them back on and and get race ready. Okay, so we've established the nothing new on race day. We talked about it in relevance to gear, but that obviously also applies to what you're taking in. For sure. I mean, nutrition is, nutrition makes or breaks a race. And literally, even, I mean, I, I personally don't have a sensitive stomach, so I can take things on the course and know I'm 99.9% going to be okay. But if, but if, you're unfamiliar with the gel or the goo or the bagel or the whatever it is they're serving, especially for international races. They ser- like I'm U.S. based. They serve different things in Berlin and in Paris and, you know, and even in London. So make sure that you're checking out what they're going to serve on the course and always be your own plan B. Mm-hmm. Like bring extra gels. I had one race where for some like I just shedded all my gels. I got and I planned on seeing my mom at mile 16. Didn't see her. So I was really in, uh, thankfully, I saw some other runners on the course and they were like, here, they just gave me some stuff. But I was really left with like one gel for the remainder of the race. And we all know that's a recipe for disaster at mile 22. So just be your own plan B and definitely do your research on what's going to be provided for you. And I would even not count on that. Like just have everything on your person that you think you're going to need. It's smart. And I know obviously we're already talking about race day itself, but in terms of like the day before race day, what would you say is your biggest tip to people who are gearing up, they feel nervous, they're kind of a little all over the place? What would you tell them? Even earlier in the process, if you can, start to establish like a ritual around nerves. For me, it's laying out my clothing before the you know, the morning of a long run or race day, as the case may be, like putting out my you know, almond butter and and Ezekiel bread, which is my go-to like race morning food. Like I actually set an alarm to remind myself one to get off my phone the day before a race. 
because it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole and then it's 11 p.m. midnight and then you start counting the hours that you're not going to sleep and just start to create a ritual around how you're going to fuel, what you're going to wear, when you're going to cut off communication, even with the most well-meaning folks. You know, you don't have to be, you know, sipping tea and kikiing with your best friend till one in the morning the night before a race, even though it might feel good in the moment, you really need to kind of go internal in, mm-hmm. in, and figure out ways that that actually feels powerful. Right. And and also along the lines of what you're getting at is just like visualization, like giving your time, giving yourself the essential time that you need to visualize, okay, what is not only the race going to look like, but what's the morning look like? Like, how can I set myself up for success from the moment I open my eyes and like slip into that spandex and mm-hmm. prepare yourself to boss up and get out there? I tell everyone to create a mental movie reel of their strongest training moments. And it might not even be in that training cycle, right? You might be like holding on to a beautiful memory from when you were in high school. Like it doesn't matter as long as it's meaningful to you. I joke, kind of, not really, that I live my life like I'm in a Rocky movie montage. Like you should be that powerful or at least be aspiring to get a glimmer of whatever it is that you're trying to achieve at that finish line. Like maybe it's joy. Maybe you're just running to like lace up and live. Great. So then how would that be? most optimal for you right start to create that mental movie reel and it's it works if you do it the day before the race it really works if you ritualize it i mean the best athletes in the world have mantras and i and i almost the mantra for me is is not just a way to kind of center myself in the run it's almost an invocation like i am calling on the power of like literally like the people who have come before me, like the people I want to make proud, like what I define as legacy, that is what I bring with me on race day. And it might sound pretty dramatic, but like, why shouldn't you star in your own story? It's totally. Okay. So you're the star of your story. It's race day. You wake up, you get your stuff on, you're moving. The One of the most frequent questions I get, and I'm sure you get this as well, is talking about what and when to eat in the morning before a race. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, let's talk about it. So... For a race like New York City, you are going to be at the race corral hours before you're even going to get moving. So I kind of plan my breakfast in two parts. Like I'll eat um, like almond butter and toast and banana is kind of my go-to. And I'll have like one piece of toast and almond butter in the morning before I leave and a banana. And then I'll probably eat like half a banana and the other piece of toast maybe like 60 minutes before the race. And I stop drinking fluids 60 minutes before the race right and that obviously gives you time to like process what's going on Mm -hmm. so if you do have to go to like a porta potty or whatever you got to do if you're getting it all done an hour before then that gives you like time for the emergency pit stop yeah and you definitely want to plan your fuel it's almost like you're planning for three maybe even four hours of fueling before you're even going to run most folks are not fueling for their 20 miler four hours in advance right so think about that like if you're if you normally have your whatever it is your half a bagel 90 minutes before then plan for that but also know you're gonna need a little bit of extra juice because you're waking up very likely earlier than you normally would on your long run day right and if you seem to be a person that gets some sort of a nervous stomach or something like that that's also to take into account because yeah those long runs and training they can be a little nerve inducing you could feel a little anxious but it's a completely different game plan on race day so you Mm -hmm. want to make sure that if you know that's who you are and that's something that happens to you plan it out be easy with yourself be gentle know that like 
it's fuel and it's there to help you, not hurt you. Right. Um, okay. So we talked about fueling. Now we're on the course. Yeah. Ha. Ah, ah. So calm on the course. <laughs> You're out there. All the hard work is starting to pay off. You're at the beginning. What are some tips that you would offer to someone at the beginning of the race? Because I think one of the biggest things that you hear time and time again is don't go out too hard, right? You've got 26.2 miles ahead of you. I mean, that's the classic advice. I would say, what kind of run are you approaching? Is it a race or is it a marathon? Because racing a marathon is actually very different than running a marathon. So look at the course. There are courses that lend themselves to negative splits. You definitely want to be informed if that's something that you're kind of banking on because there are a lot of things that can go wrong. But, you know, for a course like New York, for example, is really hilly. Chicago, a little flatter. You can probably have much more, you will have much more even splits on a flat course. So I wouldn't say everyone needs to be conservative of, be, of padding their mileage two minutes a mile. Like it's not a bright line rule. Just know that you are conserving energy. The race starts at mile 16. Exactly. So plan based on the course and how you're approaching that finish line. Yeah. And I know, I mean, me personally, time and time again, so many people say you should aim for negative splits. And this sounds like this ideal situation in my perfect world I'd love them but I know that I am a person that with the right fuel no matter what I get to that mile 22 and mm -hmm. I'm definitely gonna be slower than I was at mile 12 it's right. just how I run and I still have energy left in the tank but it's just not the same and so if I was to take that advice like oh go out really slow and then just speed up gradually and gradually like I'm not that kind of runner and so it's important going into race day especially with those longer training runs Feel it out. Feel mm -hmm. what kind of runner you are and like really pay attention to what's happening in your body and listen. Listening sure. is sure. so important. Okay, so we're at the beginning of the marathon. The classic advice, don't go too all out right off the bat. What's the next piece of advice you got for me on race day? I think that you need to plan for the discomfort and how you're going to speak to yourself in that moment. Because even the best marathons that I've had there were moments where I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is actually insane that I'm on this course. Um, so how are you going to speak to yourself in the moments of discomfort and plan for the discomfort? Don't go down a rabbit hole of thinking of every bad thing that could possibly happen in the race, but ask yourself, like, am I willing to speak to myself like I would a loved one in the worst moments of this race? And that has that preparedness for the discomfort, I think goes a really long way. Oh, 100%. And I think there's also so much research about how different people respond to different types of self-talk. So mm. you might be a person that responds really positively to self-talk, for example, with expletives. You might not be a kind of person that handles expletives well. You might right. feel like you're degrading yourself and that's not a good thing to get into. So again, with the practice, that's like a common theme here. It's like talk to yourself see how it feels mm. and rehearse, which is such a good point to bring up for and sure. So it, there's the self-talk piece and then there's the associative versus disassociative ways of approaching just the mental mind games of an athlete. I say mind over miles. I do think after a certain basic level of training, everyone can reach that finish line, but you have to want it badly, badly enough and then proceed accordingly. So the so disassociative would be think of other things, listen to music, focus on the crowds, thank the volunteers, get yourself out of your body. Associative is saying, I have one more step, even counting steps. I think, gosh, I'm forgetting, uh, one of the most famous female runners famously counted steps. That's insane, counting every 10 <laughs> steps, you know? And But like that worked for her. So figure out like, 
is this a moment where I have to go inward or is this a moment where I have to just like look up at the sky and be like, put on some Beyonce and go. <laughs> and go. I think something great that you offered up before was knowing exactly where your friends and family are going to be on the course. I think it's one thing to say, okay, I'll see you at mile 16. It's another thing to say, I'll see you at the northwest corner in front of the Brooke College campus at mile 16. <laughs> yeah. Because that is so critical. So because for some people, you look forward to that moment for so long. And if you miss it. Mm. Or waste energy looking. I've had experiences where I'm like, I, you want to establish runner's right or runner's left. Meaning you know where they're going to be from your perspective. Because trust at mile five, you might think, oh, let me just run across three lanes of this road that's closed off for the race. You do not want to waste those steps. Truly, you don't want to waste those steps. So have them set up where it's going to be most convenient for you. Awesome. Okay. Convenience is important. Finding family, finding friends, always helpful. Now we're more than halfway through the race. We're like coming up on that mile 18 to 20 area. And this is when things get rough. Yeah. So where are we at? What are we that doing? is, I can. I always try to approach miles 18 and above as a rite of passage. Like, you know, people always talk about mile 22. I actually think 18 to 21 can be the toughest because once you're at 22, you're like, even if I crawl, my ass is getting to that finish line. <laughs> it's so but gross. at 18, you're like, ooh, that's still kind of a long run, you know? Yeah. Especially when your legs are tired. So I think considering that that is literally the crucible like that's the rite of passage you have trained so hard for the privilege of doing this with your body and um again it goes back to identifying how you're going to speak to yourself in that moment and i also think people are people are hunting for motivation when they should be hunting for purpose so yes, go, scrolling on Instagram and seeing a seeing you know a be beautiful, powerful runner like Kara Goucher or Allison Felix, you're like, wow, like they are exemplary, and they are. I love them. Hey, ladies, <laughs> um, but you know they're not you, and they're not with you on the course, most likely. So what is your purpose in getting to that finish line? And it has to be yours. Is it being a stronger mom? Is it being you know? Is it for that selfie at the finish line? Live, but you got to earn it. Right. You got to earn it. And so obviously also at this point, a through line on this, we're talking about fuel. We haven't touched on just yet a strategy in terms of, yes, you have to rehearse it. But generally, I would say a rule of thumb you hear quite often is about every four miles or every 30 minutes. What is something that you stick to for that? I do every 30 minutes like clockwork. Yeah. You definitely want to bank minimum of 200 calories before you get to mile 20. And that's most people will be running further on race day than they have in any training run by a few miles, at least three to five, three to six miles. So I would say, you know, you definitely want to consider that you're banking the calories. You never want to be thirsty or hungry on the course. You're right. always preempting that. Totally. Okay. So we're coming up to that finish line. It's your big moment. And what happens now? Keep walking. <laughs> you know, unless you have a serious injury or something, keep moving. I actually love the way the New York City course is set up, that it kind of forces you to walk for about a mile. That will reduce soreness. It gets, it flushes out lactic acid, and it's just kind of bringing your body back to status quo after something that was really intense for three, four, five, six hours or more. So um, definitely, I just like grab a water bottle and walk with it. 
it might be might feel more like a hobble you know that's okay don't don't pressure yourself but i but i do like the idea of walking after a race and you wanna a lot of races will have um the stretching tents and the massage tents and stuff just be make sure you're you know how you feel in that moment because your muscles are incredibly tender so you don't want to have someone that you might not have not have ever seen before kind of going in on your hamstring or something just, right. just be really mindful of that that post-race recovery suite kind of stuff totally and then i mean obviously you plan to see your family along the course but it's also really important afterward no matter where you are if you're domestic if you're international you have a plan of where you're going to find them afterward because a lot of the times in these marathons it's a lot of people concentrated in one area cell phone service might not be working you're obviously going to be a little slower a little more out of it than usual mm -hmm. so it's so so important to make sure you also have a post race plan super important and you're probably not just try to focus on hydration you might not be really hungry I always tell myself like just get in like five pretzels you know like just <laughs> try to get it down and then but don't freak out if you're not super hungry within the hour after the race it might take a few hours for your appetite to come back and I always um, recommend if you do have family you know in town or loved ones pick a place that's off the race course to have that like celebratory meal yeah because at least in a place like new york city the traffic is insane so you kind of just want to plan your way home in a way that doesn't <laughs> exacerbate you know make um, it more difficult yeah make it more difficult exactly oh totally. go walk backwards down the stairs that helps a lot oh god those next day <laughs> stairs they're yeah. always an adventure yes okay you have the opportunity right now to offer some last words of wisdom for the upcoming marathoners what do you leave them with robin mm. I want them to look in the mirror and bang on their chest until they believe that they are a badass. Because it really takes looking yourself in the eyes and being like, we're doing this today. And it might feel silly at first, but there's something really powerful of moving your body in space for longer than, further than many people drive. And that makes you a very special superhero. So own that shit. It's a unique opportunity and an exciting one. Yes. At that. Yes. Awesome. Robin, thanks so much for sitting down with me today. Thank I'm so happy to be things. here. I know. I know. It was long overdue. Yeah. Long overdue. Again, at Hurdle Podcast, at Emily Abadi, at Robin NYC on Instagram. You guys know how to reach us. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.